What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Two days in a row. Straight killing it. Getting in shape. Feeling good. Living in the overflow. All right. There's three things that I cast out of my life that have been uh, a damnable spirit woven into the fabric of my identity. Three demonic forces. And I'm going to tell you what they were. Doubt, scarcity, and shame. So here's the deal. We all have a destiny and potential. And that's just that. Anybody can do anything. And there's certain things that we're like predestined to do. And it's exactly what fulfills us the most. But then there's demonic, damnable spirits that uh, come at us in every which way. Whether it's just a thought. Uh, a lot of it is kind of inherited you know through generations and you pick it up unconsciously as a child and then all your experiences get you to hedge against pain and not really go toward what would fulfill you and life just gets so complex uh, any free time you have you don't really spend it uh you know digging in to what you might be purpose for you know so all we're doing is just you know the the overton window you know of 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 life so overton window which you should know what that is google it i don't know it's basically it's it's the it's the frame of reference by which the collective society that you're living in sees the world and yeah, I can't remember who came up with the concept, but if you look at what the Overton window is now compared to even last year, maybe two years ago, because last year it was COVID too and it was whatever, but it's just, it's unrecognizable. And you go back 10 years and you go back 20 years and you go this and that. And it's like, so what really changed, you know? So we, we just build our belief systems off of our surroundings and we don't ever clearly define them. We don't really have any morals or values or I don't know how I got on that subject. So anyway, I guess it's because like we're, we're, we're caught astray from our natural God given path by all these distractions and confusions in life. So my issue is I truly believe since I was little, I just thought I was uh, destined for greatness. Like, on a long enough timeline, I can become the best at anything. Like, I just believe that. But, you know, fundamentally believing something and then acting as if you believe it, or I guess, are two different things, you know, and you can go in and out of that belief. And I never stayed believing that for a long enough period of time to ever become something. Because doubt, the damnable satanic spirit of doubt, uh... I guess I doubted it because who knows why, you know, because of analogy. That's why there's two ways to look at something by analogy or by first principles. And I'm going to say right now, if you look at things through analogy, 
I don't want you close to me for any extended period of time. End of story. And here's another thing. I would say it's probably less than 1% of the population actually reasons through first principles and not analogy. So let me tell you what first, well, let me tell you what most of them are. Analogy is basically you, you make your decisions based off of the way things have always been. And what you look through the Overton window and you're like, okay, this is acceptable for now. And let me act accordingly. And you have to take that into consideration because you'll end up dead or in jail or anything else. But I, I say I, who knows? I probably do this a small percentage of the time. But what I admire and what I aim to be is somebody who looks at things through first principles. So you break down whatever it is that you're uh, considering to its most fundamental constituent parts. And then you build up from that. So the example that Elon Musk always uses, you can Google that to YouTube it. He probably explained it a lot better than me. But so he needed to make these batteries, right? And everybody's like, no, those batteries cost this much. Like you can't do it. It's not profitable to put that battery in that thing and blah, blah, blah. Like there's no way you can make it affordable and this and that. And like, this is a real basic example too. It's like, it's not even complex at all, but it, it helps get it. So these batteries are just too expensive. So that, therefore you should throw your hands up and be like, no, I have to do something else. But he looks at it as first principles. What components are the battery made up of? Like three or five things, right? And he's like, okay, okay. How can I get those three components? You know, what is the most affordable way to get those three components individually? And then what is the uh, assembling price? Now you break it down to first principles to where everything is completely separate. And then you start adding things back up. And then he did it, whatever. Like, I don't know if that's the battery in the Tesla or what, but like it worked. Like that's what society says. Like, no, you can't do that. Well, based off your experiences, you can't. And maybe you can't. But if you just, if you just assume that things are always going to be the way they've always been, like, you're an idiot. Because they're not. <laughs> they're changing rapidly. And you got to know what you believe. Anyway, so, I don't even know how I got off on that. But okay, so you doubt, I doubted whether I could become anything or not. And then believed I could be great, you know, probably went back and forth a hundred times every single day my whole entire life. Who knows what those exact ratios are, but you know what I mean. And uh, it's a spirit. It's a damnable spirit of doubt. And then that doubt creates scarcity. And scarcity is not of God. That is so satanic. To be in lack is just, it literally, it's proven. People that are worried about where their provision will come from, their brain is operating at a minimum of 30% of less capacity. Like your cognitive function is like, it's almost cut in half. Like you, you can't process data. Like you just can't do it. Like the bandwidth in your brain it, it, it's not freed up. It's, it's stuck on worry. And then it's a, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's, it's a vicious spiral downward because you need that 
brain power to make money or whatever. And then, but it just sucks and sucks and sucks. And, uh, and what I've noticed is I'll actually come above the waterline, but I'm so used to doubt and scarcity that I recede back into it. And then when you don't have anything, you know, when you feel like you're completely capable of having, you know, com- you know, accomplishing greatness and having a great impact and having plenty of everything, you know, especially when you look at the rest of the world and what, you know, other people have, then shame sets in. And then that really loops you down into a hole. So typically demonic spirits, they don't channel separately or independently. There's usually a controlling spirit. And I don't know. I don't know what the controlling spirit is. I guess it would be doubt in that case, but it doesn't matter because I cast it out. So you got it. So I'm kind of basing this podcast off of a message that Brother Herring preached at Eastgate United Pentecostal Church on Sunday, August 1st, I believe it was. Yeah, day before yesterday. It's the third today. So, uh, but yeah, very, very powerful, very impactful. And uh, I cast that out. And it's a good feeling. And uh, it always comes back, though. Here's the thing. And then, not, then you have the, the power to rebuke it. And I was wondering, so here, yeah, so here's, here's what I, uh, the discovery I came up with. Um, so you got to replace the damnable spirit with something good, a virtue of God. So, so uh, doubt can be replaced with hope. It's just complete loop. You, you, you completely flip it. Tom Bill, you calls that a habit loop trigger. You completely do the opposite what you've done in the past. And you train your brain to do the opposite. So when doubt comes in, you replace it with hope. And you say that. You know. And then scarcity can be replaced with abundance. But I was a little like, okay, so what is shame? What's the opposite of shame? You know, like confidence, whatever, you know. But uh, I was reading in Psalms 4 today. Actually, I was listening because I don't really read that good. But uh, I got the app, you know. <laughs> anyway, Psalms 4 told me that the opposite of shame is glory. Which I need to look into more because it's like, I don't know if I want glory. I don't know if I can get glory. I think all glory goes to God, if I'm not mistaken. But but either way, God's glory, you know, if you step into that, that'd be a good thing to have other than, other than shame. But yeah, so that's that. Okay, so I don't even, that was not going to talk about any of that here on the podcast, but um uh, That's that. So I'm a new man. Hallelujah. How do you actually change, right? That's all my life is, is like cracking the code of lasting, sustainable change. And I I finally changed in Jesus' name. (laughs) I always think I change and then I don't. I go back. But I change a little. But this time I'm changing a lot. Because... I've been podcasting two days in a row for one. What's up? And uh, so here's another thing I want to talk about. I'm, let's see how much time we got. I don't know. I'm going to talk about it. 
Uh, it doesn't matter how much time. I'm going to keep going until the podcast cuts me off. It's only 11 minutes. All right, here's the deal. Linear activation. Okay, so I was praying a long, long time ago. It was probably like a year ago. And I'm just like, God, what? I, like my brain, I can't function like this. Because like, okay, they call that attention deficit, hyperactivity disorder and all that. you know. So I've never been diagnosed with it. But my God, if it means you get distracted easy, like I certainly have it. So I've been like going down this rabbit hole of like what it is. And this is since this whole experience where I was like, you know, praying to God or anything. But it was uh, your, uh, your ability to focus and stay on track. If it's extremely compromised by just the way your brain works, then you're ADD. And there's a lot of things that play into it. There's a lot of, you know, psychomotor stimulants. Uh, 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 what do they call that? Adderall. It's basically meth. Uh, I did all every drug. Well, not every drug, but like <laughs> a lot of drugs and it's basically meth. It does work though. It does. Like it absolutely works. Like it completely snaps you out of like the way your brain works and it makes you focus. And uh, if you do just the right amount, you can get be very productive. You're not really yourself though. But whatever, you know, I was l- genuinely considering taking it. Like, uh, but anyway, that's a whole different issue. But what I found is like your diet and your activity and your sleep patterns and your exercise and all that. And that works too. <laughs> it's just so hard, <laughs> but really it all is, you know, your, the quality of your life is connected to all that stuff anyway. So you might as well do everything, you know what I mean? So anyway, here's the deal. So I'm basically complaining to God. Why am I so ADD? I didn't really have the words for it at the time. because I didn't know that that was the issue kind of figured I was ADD, but whatever. Anyway, and I'm like, God, what do I do? What do I do? I can't live like this anymore. I'm just all over the place. I can't stay focused. I'm this, I'm that. And whatever, I kind of felt like I had a, a release and like God was going to help me. And I open my eyes and I'm at the altar and I look on the speaker. And the speaker, the name brand of the speaker is Linear Activation. And I've been down there praying a hundred times and I've read it a hundred times, but it just kind of, it, it like kind of like it really you know, highlighted itself to me. Like God showed me linear activation. I'm just like, what does that mean? It's like, technically, what does that mean? So like I looked into it and thought about it, whatever, asked some few people. It's like, yeah, linear just means line. Okay. So if you're, if it's a linear process, it's like you step one, step two, step three, step four, you know, it's numeric, like it's easy. Right. And that's like, that's life, right? Certain things have an order. They have a sequence of things. So that's what success is. Everything has a, a, a linear progression. And my problem is, as I'm jumping from step one to step seven to step four to step three to blah, 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 blah. And uh, I need to just do step one, two, three, four, five. So it was just, just like light bulbs went off in my head. I was so excited. This is what I'm going to do. God spoke to me. You know, when God speaks to you, everything's great. And it was like the magnitude of that experience of having God speak to you. See, here's the danger. Here's the danger in like a mystical experience and like just a true revelation when you like know that you've been touched by the divine with some knowledge. Here's the danger. It's so intense. And whatever information you received at that time, you think it automatically is a part of your life now. But that's not true. You actually have to act on it. You actually have to change what you've been doing. And your body, 
Your physical body, your brain, the makeup of who you are is literally, it, the, the, the physical makeup of that is hardwired to do what you've always done. So you still have to change. You've, it's just been confirmed to you that this is the change you need to make. And you still got to change and it's still extremely difficult. But it's not that difficult if you do this. Well, I say that. You know, it's, I mean, it, yeah, it makes it possible if you do this. You've got to diagram it out. What is the plan? What did God tell you to do exactly? And you just draw out a doodle. And that's not something I did. I was like, okay, the next thing I got to finish this. And what I did is I finished a five-minute webinar, which is fire, right? Like, it's really good. It's now I look back and I'm like, some of the information isn't quite right as far as selling my product and this and that. But compared to other five minute webinars that have made millions of dollars, it's just as good as that. I just never got any traffic to it. But anyway, which who knows how many of y'all know about what webinars or anything like that. But I was just like, well, that's the next step. So I'm not going to worry about the step after that because I got to do this, this and this. That's where I was wrong. I stayed focused on it and I finished it. But then when I got it done, it was like, what's the next step? Okay, I kind of know in the back of my mind vaguely what it is. Well, I got to run traffic to it. I got to do this. I got to do that. And it, I could have done it and it would have worked. Traffic costs money though too, you know. So there's that. So I can, I can rationalize the fact that I didn't do it because I didn't have money. But it's like, yeah, I could have come up with the money. Uh, anyway, that was my problem. I didn't diagram out the whole process from start to finish. And so here's the thing. So one might say, well, I don't know the whole process. It's like, good, fine. Who cares? Of course you don't know. There's no way you know the whole process. But you can make your best guess. You put it on a line. This is what I, so this is what I finally did yesterday. So now my whole business strategy coming into market has changed. Well, not, yeah, it really has, like as far as a specific, specific thing. So there's something I've learned that you've got to, jumping all over the place, it's that ADD, but this is good stuff, so listen up. What I've learned is if you want to accomplish something, you can do anything you want. You just can't do everything you want. One thing, one thing, one thing. There's a book called The One Thing. You know, the Bible, when they ask Jesus what the most important commandment is, he says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. It's like, man, that number one, boy, that's a very significant thing. Like you, people talk about multitasking. It's not even a thing. If you really break it down, they're not multitasking. They're jumping from one thing to the other. And they're completely focused on the thing that's getting accomplished. That's how you get something done. You focus on one thing. And it doesn't mean you can't do a bunch of things in life, but you got to get one thing perfected. Then you either automate it or delegate it. Then you go to the next thing. That's how it works. You don't, it's a circle of focus. If you, if you split your circle of focus, you're, it's going to, you're not going to, it's going to be half, you know, and it's just, you don't do that. That is the hardest thing for me because FOMO, fear of missing out. When you've completely wasted your life and you feel like you got to catch up, you want to get more done than what's possible. But if you just settle down and get one thing done. So here's my strategy. My strategy is to follow up on these leads that come in online and go into people's houses and sell them this product. This product that kills allergy symptoms. It, it completely take away your allergy symptoms, which the amount of money I can make selling to people with allergies is literally a fraction 
of what I can make selling it to big businesses and schools and organizations because it kills COVID. Like legitimately FDA tested to kill COVID. The, but here's the thing. I've got to perfect the process from the ground up. And that's me. That's my nature. I show up out, you know, on a construction site. Like I want the lowest job that there is. Give me a shovel. I genuinely want to climb from the very bottom all the way to the top. So I see the whole process. You don't really understand the perspective of somebody until you've been there. So you've got to climb all the way up. Like, I don't know. I feel dirty trying to tell someone to do something I don't know how to do. Like it just makes me feel rotten inside. So that's the same thing with the sales process. And, uh, and here's the thing too, what I've noticed from experience, people say they're, they're concerned about COVID, but they're just, they're not. And, and as far as I can tell, they, they, they're, they're concerned about the health and safety of kids. It's like, no, you're not. Like, they're, they're, well, I don't know. Maybe I'm being cynical, but no, they're not. Like, if they were, they would buy my product. They would, no matter what, they would. Because it's there, it's proven. But they just want their job. And now I'm going to talk bad about the education system. I think they're all phony. Every single one of them. No, that's probably not true. There's good teachers out there. But there's less and less because it's such a toxic environment. And it's, it's so over, it's just flooded with money. Like fake printed money, especially since COVID. Like, the, and they're all just trying to protect themselves with their, what do they call that? Tenure? I guess that's on the college level, but you know, like they all got their jobs and they want their cush little jobs and they don't really care about anything. But maybe I'm just being cynical about that. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> maybe I'm bitter because it's like, ah, uh, one school could really, really turn things around. But what I've noticed. If somebody struggles with allergy symptoms and they got money and I get in front of them, they're going to buy something from me. There's, n- there, if, there's no chance that that's not the case. That's what I've noticed. And that will pay. So I got to perfect that process and then let those other deals come in as they may. And, uh, And that's that. So now I go into people's houses and give them a presentation and an air test and a a consultation for the quality of the air within their home, their, their sanitation quality in their home. That's what I do. So there's a process to do that. And yesterday, what I did is I, I, I diagrammed it out from the time I walk in the house to the time I leave the house, every single step. So and I'll tell you what, the positive emotion that that, appre- that produced in my mind is like unreal. And I didn't, and like, I, I don't know, like I'd feel like I'd be falling behind because I spent time to do that or whatever. But like, no, now I know. Now, so there's a script. There's nine scripts I got to write, which I've written them in the past. You know what I mean? I've got the material so I can write out these scripts. And then it's like, bam, when I get there, it's a done deal. And then it just frees up so much so much bandwidth on my brain. So, wow, all over the place this morning, but that's it. So, so when you, when you, when you hear from God, when you hear just profound wisdom from somebody, you have, there's a danger of just thinking, okay, now I'm, I, I, I've elevated my level of consciousness. I know more now than I ever did.
but simply holding something in your brain and not doing it with your hands keeps it from going into your heart and actually becoming part of who you are. There's like, there's a, and so it's, it's like a growth mindset. They call that the false growth mindset. So Carol Dweck wrote a book called Mindset. Growth Mindset. I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember the name of it. But it's, uh, it's, it's all about whatever. Do you think that you are fixed? You know, human potential? Or do you think you can grow? And that's the, what the book is. And, uh, but there's this, the danger is the false growth mindset. The false growth mindset. It uh, once people know about a growth mindset, oh, this, oh, this is powerful. This is what people do with with uh, with uh, biblical doctrine. There's a difference between knowing something is the right thing to do and saying, "Yeah, that's what I do," and actually doing it. And that's the danger. It makes such clear sense to you that that's the right thing to do that you can't even like you can't even convince yourself because it's such a logical it, it it's so logical to do the thing that you're supposed to do once it's been explained to you that you can't even admit to yourself that you're not doing that because it's so obvious that that's what you sh- should do but then you go ahead in your life and you don't do it and that's the false growth mindset. That's the false change. And a lot of people live in that. That's what I've been living in, to be completely honest. All this, like I listen to the most, uh, I would say the brightest minds on the planet that actually talk. I think the, the smartest people are like mathematician, mathematicians and they just stand at a chalkboard all day. But so I don't really listen to them, but cause I don't, you know, but like, you know, YouTubes, man, YouTubes. Talk, hear the small the smartest most divine stuff you know the bible is like got more wisdom in it than anything and uh i take in this content continually and then you take it in and you think well i mean it's so obvious that that's the right thing to do you you convince yourself that that's what you're doing but you got to actually do it and i'm telling you how you do it you doodle it out and you put it on start and you put it on finish and it's a linear process. One, two, three, four. Simple. It's the first thing you probably learn to do is count. You know, it's not that hard. It's really not that hard. Man, oh man. I'm going to step. Oh, that's a long podcast. 26 minutes. I'm going to check out now. Peace.